Well, I said, hey, man, can I see your checking accounts? True story. I said, will you just show me your accounts? I want to see the accounts. And he's like, what? I said, I want to <laughs> see your accounts. I want to see your, wherever you keep your stocks, wherever you keep your cash, I want to look at the accounts. Yeah, sure, man. I'll show it to you. So he's a little older than me. He pops it open. I'm like, oh, my God. One account had $700 million in cash. Oh, wow. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Trillions. I am your host, Elise Grace, and we are launching to the stratosphere with my first guest, the 10X entrepreneur, Grant Cardone. He has a net worth of $300 million and over $1 billion invested in property with his fund, Cardone Capital. On this episode, Grant tells a story about a billionaire he met and was inspired by to think bigger. Uncle G also emphasizes the importance of looking at your money daily if you want to be successful. I asked Grant about his private jet purchase and later in the podcast, he gives some practical tips on how to be successful in real estate. This was a really fun interview with the 10X man. If you enjoy it, please give me five stars or a review or share this podcast. I truly appreciate it. Without further ado, let's get into it. That's fine, but you're running, right? This because this is stuff I love, right? Yeah, let's let's record from the deep south. Is there is there a lot? Uh, yeah, I mean, success stories I, from I the deep south. Yeah, probably, probably because people want to they want to do better there. You know, they they, they yeah. want to get out. Yeah, it's hot. It's, feels suppressive. You know, it's a little backwards, and and so I think people want to get out. Yeah, so they I know work I hard. did. I, I did. I was so bored in the little town I grew up in. It wasn't that small, but it was like sixty thousand people, and and it was just like. Everybody talked about being there, like being the king of that, you know, whatever. Like it was just so small. Yeah. And so I'd go, I didn't, I didn't travel on a, I didn't actually take a flight until I was 26 years old. Wow. I'd never been on a plane. Yeah. Never seen anything. So. <laughs> now I'm traveling all over the world. What was your first flight? My first flight was, uh, I went to Cabo, I, I went to uh, Acapulco. I took my sister to Acapulco and, and, and I went fishing there. Yeah, nice. Yeah. You yeah, took her on a plane for the first time? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I think my first trip was, uh, I took myself to Thailand by myself for my cousin's wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thailand's wonderful, man. Yeah, it's we beautiful. We love that place. Yeah. She got married on a little island there. It was, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's what, incredible. What island? You know? um, it was uh, Krabi Island. Okay. Yeah, you heard of it? Uh, Elena, where did we stay in, in, in Thailand? Ani something? Yeah, the Ani was the name of the house. I don't remember. Yeah. It's a ridiculous house. Most ridiculous house I've ever been in. Yeah. A&I. Oh A&I. I'll check it out. Yeah. I saw you guys stayed in Greece. That The place you're in in Greece was incredible. Yeah, that was fun. That, that house, <laughs> like, you know, from video and photos, off the hook. Yeah. When you were in the house, it was a, like a permit nightmare. Like, oh. you could never, there's no way... If you went back and tried to permit that house, you know what I mean by permit? Like, yeah, like, like electrical. Leaks and things. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, like that house is waiting to, like, just catch on fire. Yeah. But it was – the kids loved it. If you ask my kids, hey, where do you want to go back to? They'll be like, that house in Greece. Because <laughs> the pool was just like – you could never even rebuild that house again. It's just like – A nightmare. Yeah. Oh, well, it's good that you got to St- stay it there. Had, it, had, it had, like, ladders and stairs and no protection, and you could fall off the cliff. And <laughs> just – crazy great for kids yeah great, great learning great for photos though. yeah beautiful it was it was like stunning seven bars in it wow you, know, you want to go in there and just get like just want to go in there and start drinking like bar as soon as you walk in the place the pool on this side the pool on that side like insane do you do you drink anymore or you don't uh, drink at yeah, all yeah i don't i don't I, I quit using drugs when i was 25 but um i don't drink much but i'll have would i have a couple of drinks 
a week ago. I'll have a couple of drinks a, a month. So yeah, Not and then much. the next day I'll regret it. I'll be like that. You know, that just takes some time out of me. That's what. That's the same with us. We yeah. we have a couple of wines and that's yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, we just don't feel as it's, switched on the next yeah, day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if I have wine, it's extremely expensive. So <laughs> and then I'm like, that was that was completely ridiculous. Yeah. You spent three grand on dinner, and dinner was the food was two hundred bucks. Yeah. You're like, but. <laughs> and then I want to have a good memory with it. But shot. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. So um, you you did obviously struggle with drugs and, and alcohol when you were younger, addiction. Yeah. Um, and you managed to what? You quit cold turkey, is that right? I, I went to a treatment center for drug uh, drug addiction when I was 25 years old. Yeah. And and uh, never used drugs again after I came out of there. Yeah. Wow. So first time you went through, yeah, quit. Yeah, first time. Amazing. Charlie Charlie Sheen's been to like 17 of them. <laughs> For some reason, the first one stuck. I, I, when I walked in three days after I was there, I met this guy named Bud. Bud was 50-something. Bud was beat up, man. He's shaking. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it just terrified me watching this guy. He's shaking. I said, man, Bud, like, why did it take you so long to get here? He's like, this is my fifth time. Oh. I'm like, man, I can't I, I mean, just like, I can't imagine being 50 years old. And, and I was 25, so I was like, there's no way I'm doing this. Yeah. So I said, what took you so long to get here? And he's like, huh? I said, get if you're going to hit the bottom, hit the bottom fast. I'm, I'm not encouraging anybody to go hit bottom this weekend, but best thing I, one of the best things I did in my life was going there and cleaning up. Yeah. I, and I needed to be around. It just shows you the value of being around in an environment where people are like-minded. They had stopped using. I mean, if that's all I got from that place was that other people also wanted to not use drugs for those 28 days. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So then when you came out of the drug center, the, sorry, the rehab center, um, how did you stay focused on, on your new goal? Because what making I did for us million. Yeah. I, I, well, I didn't have a goal of a million dollars at that time. Like I would, I, all I was thinking about when I came out of that treatment center was not using drugs again. Yeah. So I had a girl when I came back, Angela, she was my girlfriend. I was so in love with this chick. Like she never came to the treatment center to see me though. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that's not probably not a good indicator. But I'm like, okay, we're still in love. I love her. I want to be with her. And I come back. She's with the drug dealer. <laughs> like, it was like, wham. Yeah. And she was, she's still on drugs today. Today, right now. 35 years later, she's still using drugs. And um, what I did the day uh, that I got home, the next morning, I went to work. I threw all my addictive energy, all that addiction, all that time I was wasting on drugs and alcohol, I basically just said, I'm going to pour that into my work. And I just switched. All I did was change the energy from this destruction to I'm going to get great at what I do. Yeah. So how did you go about getting your first job when you came out? Well, I had a job. They took me back. So okay. I was in the automobile industry. They took me back. They were nice enough to say, come back. Okay, don't wreck any more cars. Don't <laughs> use any more drugs. This is your last shot. And uh, in 30 days, I had literally become, went from being a complete loser to starting to uh, get myself on track. Now I had 60 days without drugs, but now I also had the ability to show up at work every day, be there every day, start being productive, start being a team member again. And I started restoring, um, belief because, because when you come back, like, you know, when you got that kind of problem, you, you, you also don't believe in yourself anymore. Like, yeah, I had 30 days, but I still had 10 years of me destroying myself every day. 
And so I felt terrible. That that's the thing about drug addiction that nobody ever talks about the the self degradation and this the 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 abuse to your own self esteem and all these other people that you've damaged. Like you you don't do this without damaging a lot of people. Yeah. So I started making amends to all those people. Started cleaning cleaning up everything and started you know getting belief back in myself. And that was uh, that was really important. I guess too, like with you getting being given that another chance would have built your confidence as well and um and having your boss support you and then you just forcing yourself to work you would have achieved and it would have been like a positive cycle yeah he, look he he didn't even think i needed it. he's like you can handle this on your own you don't need to go i told him i said i got to go to a treatment center yeah and he says you don't you don't need to go you can do this on your own i was like dude i'm way past trying to do this on my own mm. like if i could do this on my own i'd have done it on my own okay i'm not doing this on my own and so i went came back you know, everybody around you is waiting for you to fall off. I mean, the, 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 the secret behind the person that goes to treatment is everybody, your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters, the people that love you the most are waiting for you to fall. Yeah. They know you're not going to make it. Like, that is the undisclosed, undiscussed, private little secret of everybody around you. Even all your friends, they're like, he, you know, he's going to fall. Watch. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the same thing to myself. I don't know if I'm going to make it. The, the treatment center thought I was coming back. They already had me on a list. He's good to come back. Oh, no. So, but I was there every day saying, hey, I'm going to throw myself into something. I am going, I didn't try to get rid of my addiction. I said, I'm going to switch this. I didn't see it as a, a disease. I see the addiction, the ability to be obsessed with something. I saw it as a gift. Mm. And I really just had to shift it. So I was doing two things when I got back. I, got, I was either working or uh, improving myself at work. Or the second thing I was doing was helping somebody else stay off of drugs that day. So that's all I did every day. I was either helping somebody get off of drugs or stay off of drugs, or I was helping myself get better at my job. Yeah. I did nothing else. So very focused. It was very focused. And you can see that like 35 years later, the extreme focus I have today is very, it's limited to like three or four or five lanes. I'm doing the same things over and over every day. And then I slowly, once I get good at three or four lanes, then I'll add one more thing that maybe I have a passion about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you, that you, you do more than one thing that I think that's, that's cool. You're an investor, real estate, um, you have a capital fund. So do you have any uh, mentors or, or who, who are some entrepreneurs that you look up to or some other business look, people? You, you know, I study, I, when I look out there, I look at who owns, who owns all that stuff out there. Not one person. I'm not looking, I really look at companies more than individuals. Yeah. I think there's, particularly in this Instagram uh, environment that we live in today, there's so many experts, so many people that have this way to make money, that way to make money. I can't, I can't do all that. Like I got to figure out what is the way for me. If money's your deal, um, money, money just happens to be the way to measure things. So if you're going to do real estate, money's going to be associated with it. It's not going to be. Uh, don't monetize it. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you don't monetize the real estate, there's no reason to do the real estate. Like you're not going to be able to keep it. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get a loan for it. If it doesn't work, if it doesn't financially work, you're not. It's not going to happen. So this idea that people are going to go into business today and not monetize, if Netflix doesn't figure out how to make money, it will not exist. Mm-hmm. If Uber doesn't make money, it won't exist. If uh, SeaWorld or um, Disney Park. If it don't make money, it's not going to stay there. So this idea that somehow because um, you are going to 
have great content on the internet and not be paid for it, you're not going to exist if you don't get paid for it. Mm -hmm. At some point, you have to get monetized. That doesn't mean you can't be a service to people, right? So um, I have these little tranches of businesses that, that keep me interested so that I can actually fund activities that keep me interested, yeah. you know? So, so it's not just about me making money. It's also about how do I give back as well. Mm. I think that's, that's really important. Like the, somebody said that um, the way to make money is to solve other people's problems and, and to, to give. And the more you give, the more you get back. Yeah. So you, yeah. you've got and, it figured out. Uh, yeah, and, and the more you give to other people, it's like that help thing that when I was helping people when I was 25, I'd help some kid get off a drug. It, it made me confident I'm not going to be on drugs today. When yeah. I helped another young salesperson maybe sell something, Oh, I helped him sell something, but I'm having trouble with my own sales. But it, it, it gave me confidence. Okay, so people can buy, people are buying things and people can be sold things. So when I came out to, to help Success Resources, we do our own events in, in, in America. Like we did an event, 35,000 people. Somebody said, why would you come here and do Success Resources event? Uh, because when I do their event and they have four or 5,000 people here, it reminds me that my events can have four or 5,000 people. Yeah. Like you're collaborating with success. You want to be successful and I want you to be successful. So when I collaborate with you, I did, I did a podcast with a guy today. It's his, I'm his first interview. So, so he's like, why would you do this interview with me? Uh, because you, because if I help you be successful, you remind me that I can be successful. Mm. And the last thing I want to do is see people failing. Because your failures remind me of the possibility that I can fail too. Yeah. So the more I can be involved in that, like, like I, I want to be around rich people. I like seeing people get rich. I, I remember I spent um, three months with a guy. He had just sold a company. He was worth $4.4 billion. Wow. Okay, like everybody needs to sit down and write that number down. Four point four comma 400 <laughs> comma 000, comma zero 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 i don't think i'm there yet comma well i said hey man can i see your checking accounts true story i said will you just show me your accounts i want to see the accounts and he's like what i said i want to <laughs> see your accounts i want to see your wherever you keep your stocks wherever you keep your cash i want to look at the accounts yeah sure man i'll show it to you so he's a little older than me he pops it open i'm like oh my god one account had 700 million in cash oh wow I had never seen that much money in my life. But the point, the reason I'm telling you that story is because the fact that he could do it, okay, inspired me. Mm. Like, that's what that looks like. We never see it. Nobody's showing anybody what success looks like because people are sh like playing this humility thing. And yeah. like, I got to be humble. I got to be, I got to act like I'm fit in with everybody else. And I'm like, no, man, inspire people with your success, you know? So. The better you do, the better I believe I can do. Awesome. Yeah. Well, why do you think that people um, find it hard to talk about money or talk about success? Why do you think they're, they're staying humble and not talking about it? You know, I think there's a lot of reasons why that happens. I, I mean, aside from the tax man, you know, and, 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 yeah. and bragging about your achievements, why are people so uncomfortable to talk about wealth? I mean, my family didn't like talking about I'd ask my dad or my stepmom or my, my mom how much money they had or you they shouldn't ask me yeah. that question yeah, or yeah, yeah. Um, how did you buy this or they bought something and wouldn't tell me. I'm like, yeah. teach me. Like, yeah, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, my mom, my mom, when my dad died, my dad, my dad had life insurance and she, I guess my mom was 48 years old. She died when she was 89. 
I still, I had asked her for 40 years, how much did he leave? She never told me. She would not tell me how much. Like, like it's like this big secret. The IRS knows, the tax people know, but she she wouldn't tell anybody else. It's like, don't talk about money. It's taboo. Don't talk about your accomplishments. Taboo. Don't go around telling people that you're good at something. I remember seeing I remember seeing Muhammad Ali uh, on national TV say, "I am the greatest," and I was so inspired by that. Yeah. Okay? He, he inspires the shit out of me. Muhammad exactly. Ali. Look, look you, you watch Conor McGregor. You know, he walks in. I'm going to take him out. I'm going to crack him. I'm the best in the world, right? And I'm like, oh, people are inspired by that. But there's this thing that we teach that, that in society, and we use all these biblical things. Humility is the gateway, and be humble, and don't brag, and don't show off. Jesus was the show off. <laughs> I can okay. walk on water. Look at yeah, me. Exactly. Look at that. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't actually say it like that. But 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 he was. He was letting people know, and his people were letting people know. Hey, look what this guy can do. And if people don't know what you can do, they're not going to talk about you. Mm. They'll talk about your failures, by the way. They'll, they'll promote your failures. See, he didn't make it. See what happened to him? Oh, he he's too big for his britches. So so. But they'll also promote the other thing, the successes, and maybe wait for you to fall. But success success is good for people. People, if we've gotten into a place where you can't talk about it, we need to unwind that and say, hey, let's talk about, let's shine the glory on people doing the hard work to be successful. Mm. It is a hard slogan, and you mentioned this in in your books and in um, some interviews about how how much grit it takes and, and focus and determination. Um, but now that you, I wouldn't say that you're over the hill, like, you know, compared to what? I mean, yeah, you've done yeah. exceptionally well. I'm yeah. very inspired by you. But Did she say I was over the hill? Like? No, no, I meant, I meant in, terms of, in terms of your success. I mean, you know, you don't have to. Over the hill, I thought that meant like I'm too old or something. No, Look, I mean. I'm just I mean, getting started. I can tell you right now, what I've accomplished up to this point is nothing compared to what we're going to accomplish going forward. Mm. Because I've been, I've been rolling on this thing by myself, thinking too small the entire time. I should have been thinking, everybody should be thinking way, way bigger. Almost into the point to where you're like, everybody around you saying, dude, you're just hallucinating here. Yeah. You know, if you look at a guy like Elon Musk. Oh, I love Elon. Dreams big. This is like off the planet big. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it doesn't matter if we make money. Like, insane, you know, amounts of imagination. That is what it takes to change the world. Yeah. And so Walt Disney, he was thinking about legacy. I'm going I'm to I'm do something that's going to be, it's going to change forever. People go to those parks every day, stand in line for Goofy, yeah, for Donald Duck. Uh, for and, for and, rides. Huh? It's a long wait for those oh, rides. Oh my God, three hours for, for a ride that lasts three minutes. Yeah. Like it's insane. I don't even know if it's a fair value exchange. I don't, I don't know that he today, if he was alive, he'd be like, this isn't the park I wanted. Hmm even though it's making a lot of money. This is not the Disneyland that I, I dreamed of, right? But, yeah. but he built a legacy. Yeah. And that inspires me, man. It gives me life. It gives me a purpose. It gives me a reason to think, like, can I do, could, I, could I possibly do more? So in saying that, if somebody was to, um, for somebody who's very inspired by you and real estate and wants to invest in real estate, um, what would be your, your top three steps for getting started as, an, as a real estate investor? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I love real estate so much. So I could talk about it for hours, but I would tell I would tell somebody to learn what not to buy before you learn what to buy. Okay. And I wrote about this in my book uh, called "How to Create Wealth Investing in Real Estate." 
if if you buy the first the first thing you buy if it doesn't work you're probably not going to do a second deal and i've heard more people say they bought real estate and never followed it up with another piece because the first piece caused them so many problems first piece caused you problems because you either bought in the wrong location you bought too small you, you, you didn't know how to exit the deal. So um, when you buy the right piece of real estate, when you buy the right thing, I promise you, you will do it a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time, a tenth time, a hundred. You'll, you'll, you'll just keep expanding the portfolio. And the people that I studied, I think the second piece is study people that have built massive portfolios. Don't, do not study the local guy in your town that, <laughs> that has eight properties. Who do you study? Um, well, what I do is I study, I study a guy like Sam Zell. Sam, Sam, I don't study what Sam's doing now, but I study what he did to get his ascent. Mm-hmm. And it's really important. When you're studying somebody, it's really important to look at where you're reading their material. Are they on the way up or are they over the hill? Yeah. Are they over <laughs> the hill and like, I'm good now, okay? Because what you want to do is you want to study somebody on their way up. And... Uh, in real estate, I studied a guy named Donald Bren. That he's the probably the largest um, apartment owner in uh, the United States of America. Probably, wow. probably in the biggest in the world today. Probably biggest landowner in America. And it, what he did was he built affordable housing in bulk. Mm-hmm. In bulk, meaning meaning it would be, you know, high density. Yeah, high density. Yeah, yeah. And then he would own the whole place and rent all of it out. Well, what I did, my first deal was one unit. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's what I did wrong. I needed units. I missed it. And I was trying to buy because I only had so much money, so I tried to fit the purchase into the money I had. And that's not what he did. That's not what the Sam Zell did. Sam Zell went and, went and raised money so that he could build out high-density communities yeah. that he could rent and provide cash flow. And then when he, got the, when he could, he'd get the investors out of the deal. And then hold the properties. Yeah, smart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on in China, actually. Yeah. They're, they're building high-density um, apartment complexes, and then there's certain rules. You have to build a shopping center and a, uh-huh. a school. But it, there's a lot of it going on in China. Yeah. yeah. I'd be careful there. I'd be careful there. I'd be careful in Dubai I, right now. I, so. wouldn't, I wouldn't do that in China anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Certainly yeah. not to start. Yeah. But like, like here, like people, real estate's going to continue to be a great investment in Australia. There's no way this is not a play. Okay. So then a common question I, I can feel coming on would be, well, if I buy something and the property um, market crashes, yeah. what do I do? Yeah, so when the mar- market crashes, if, and it will, okay, what will, what will always get pulled down is the res- single residential real estate. So when I talk about real estate, a lot of people think, they, they, they just think all real estate is equal. All real estate is not equal. There's a house. There's a shopping center. There's a office building. There's hotels. There's a storage. Storage is a great a great deal, by the way, uh, a, a great real estate investment. Mm. And then there's apartments. Okay, what I buy is apartments. I buy this one over here, this little one over here, where people have to live. If the housing market collapsed in Australia, people will actually move to rentals. So, I don't know that you have that issue here because, I mean, you're gonna, you're going to have pullbacks. You're going to have pullbacks. What you don't want is a pullback on a house. So when the banks tighten up, the, the, the housing prices come down, mm-hmm. okay, because there's not activity. When the banks loosen up and anybody can buy a house, the prices inflate mm. because everybody starts pushing. It's easy to get into a house. I'm not buying houses, okay? Houses are 
they're not just dumb, they're ridiculous, they're stupid, they're bad, they're terrible investments. What you want to buy is a place where other people live. 16 units minimum, prefer you to be a minimum of 32 units, and even bigger if you can think that big. So cash flow. Cash flow will improve as housing prices come down because people that lose their homes will go rent. They have to live somewhere. Of course. Yeah. Oh, that's a great answer. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so for the listeners um, who know that you have a, a private jet and you flew over to Australia on the, on the jet, um, why did you buy it? Uh, was it for, for saving time or was it to prove a point or what was it that made you buy the jet? No, well, it's a you beautiful jet, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, you don't, you don't, you don't buy, you know, you don't buy a jet to prove a point. I don't think I did do that, Elena. No. I love uh, the selfie of you saying you can't fake a jet on your t-shirt. Oh yeah, you can't, you know, cause there's so much fake going on right now. It's crazy, but so you can't, you can fake a Lambo, but you can't fake a jet. Um, you know, we bought the jet because it's it's a tool, right? It's simply it's simply um, like an office. Like I bought an office building, right? I bought an office building because where I was where I was uh, officing, I had a problem because the people wouldn't let me do what I wanted to do there. So <clears throat> I'm like, hi. How about I just buy the whole place, you know, and then fuck you guys. So I get to do whatever I want here or uh, to some point. So the the reason we bought the jet was so that I could go where I want, when I want, bring who I want, stay as long as I want. We have two pilots. The plane's got to be sheltered. It, 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 it consumes tremendous amount of fuel. Um, it has to have a checkup every six months and every year. More, more than you're required to have a checkup. <laughs> yeah. It's got to have a checkup. Uh, they're very, very, very expensive. Probably cost $3 million a year to operate. Uh, that jet's probably 45 to $50 million to purchase. And, um, but, but can it, can it get me places, right? Now, <clears throat> if you, if you talk to an accountant, the accountant's going to tell you not to buy it because it doesn't make sense. And if you talk to, um, any of your friends are going to be like buying a jet's a ridiculous investment. But if you talk to the guys at Coca-Cola or you talk to the guys at Facebook or, or the Google boys, they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, it's no big deal, dude. Just buy the jet, buy the jet because it can get you places. Yeah. So what I do is I look at people that are like doing big things. That's who I, that's who I study. I don't ask them to give me time. I just study what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And the biggest companies on planet earth, um, own jets. Yeah. So that they can get places and they can bring people places. Mm. Well, I think it's smart. You've yeah. got a mobile office and Yeah, it's a mobile office. You can work or you can you can, I can hang drag out with the my family. drag my little kids around with me. Yeah. I can and drag my wife around with me. <laughs> I'm sure she enjoys it. I can make her make her travel with me <laughs> even when she doesn't want to. <laughs> well it sounds like I could pick you guys up and we could go someplace together. Yeah, that would be neat. That'd be very cool. Um, so finally, Grant, uh, I want to ask you, how are some more intelligent ways we can talk about money? Uh, like we said before, people are afraid to talk about money. How is an intelligent way we can start communicating more about money, wealth, wealth yeah. building? So, so what I do is, uh, one thing I do is I look at my money every day. I make it a priority. For one, for one of the first reports I get every day is my financial report, which is my cash accounts. How much cash is in the accounts? The second thing I'm going to look at each day is the income coming in from any of the activities. I'm looking at money every day. I'm paying attention. You're not paying attention to money. People are not looking at their money because they're failing there. Mm -hmm. And what you won't look at, you will fail at. Like what you don't talk about, you will fail at. Whether it's sex, relationships, uh, 
uh, goals, dreams, money, whatever, whatever you don't, whatever you refuse to talk about, you will have trouble with. Okay. And, you know, we didn't talk about Grant's drug problem when he was 15, didn't talk about it when he was 16, didn't talk about it when he was 17. It doesn't get any better because you don't talk about it. It gets worse. Mm. And so the things that trouble me in my life, I need to confront. I need to look at and I need to pay attention to. Whatever you pay attention to will get better. And whatever you ignore will get worse. And so I would start looking at your checking account every day. If it's got zero in it, look at it every day. Look at it until you're freaking like, I cannot stand looking at this at zero. Yeah. If you don't like your weight, look at your weight every day until it just fucking drives you nuts. Be <laughs> disappointed. There's nothing wrong with me. I want to be disappointed in me until I'm not. Right? So I don't want to deny that I'm disappointed. I don't need somebody patting me on the back saying, oh, you're fine the way you are. You look great the way you are. Dude, I know when I look good. I know when I feel good. I know when I'm doing well. I know when my money's right. I don't need other people to tell me that. So anything you want to improve, look at it every day, then start talking about it. And if you're in a relationship, you and, the, you and your partner should be talking about money at least every week. Sitting down saying, okay, where are we at? What did we accomplish this week? Because money is a real thing. Mm. It's not the only thing. It's not the most important thing. It is a real thing that destroys relationships, causes people tremendous anxiety and stress, and and every day you, you have to have it to live on this planet. Yeah, it's it's very true. And I think it's important because um, money, it doesn't make the world go around, but we need it to, to transact. Unless Tell you, you what, can, every, unless if you, can, you go around the world, you're going to need it. <laughs> it might not make the world go around. You go around the world, you will, you need, will need it, it to go around the world. Yeah, I can agree with you there. All right, well, um, Grant, I'm so grateful but for your great, time. Great, great. Thank you for having me. You're thank awesome, okay? Good luck you with so your much. podcast. I know you're going to have a lot of great people on here. Thank you very much. Okay. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in with me as your host, Elise Grace. Do me a favor and drop me a review on iTunes or if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. would love to know what you guys think of the podcast. It helps me keep creating killer content just like this. If you want to stay up to date with all my movements, please check me out on social media at Elise Grace.